0: Welcome back to Scouring the Depths, the show that where we delve deep into the dark, endless end envisioning. That doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was there's a song on Heartless called "I Saw the End." Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to be, you know, trying to be clever with that. But then, because this is the final pallbearer. Yeah, like, I see what you're doing here. But then when I actually remembered what the intro before the fill in the blank comes in it's like wait that just contradicts (laughs) (laughs) oh well that's what you get for uh trusting us yeah that's what happens when i when i am allowed to cook Mm. well anyway i'm joseph and i'm nathan (laughs) We are your hosts, and this week we finish up our short but sweet series on the discography of the great band Paul Bearer, Doom Metal out of Little Rock. Uh, yeah. Our last episode, we covered their first two full-lengths, Sorrow and Extinction and Foundations of Burden. This week we're going to be Getting up to speed with them, their last two albums, Heartless and Forgotten Days, as well as uh, some other odds and ends in between that yeah. we'll, we'll talk about. Talking about some EPs
1: and some singles. Um, actually, I think it makes sense to kind of cover those first, just because it, even though the, the I guess the single that you're going to talk about is Between.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can, we can wait just to yeah. go
1: makes sense chronological order yeah yeah but uh to kind of you know recap last episode we we definitely covered um the band you know getting a start really solidifying you know this sound that would really propel a lot of bands around this time to this new era of doom metal and be kind of one of the four you know front runners Mm -hmm. i would say of this like kind of burgeoning genre
0: yeah um doom metal right now as we know it i think they're one of the first bands to really come to mind um you know just like in the more like traditional sense without adding like stoner or you know sludge or, or psychedelic or yeah yeah even yeah. though there's a lot of that in here as well yeah on, it's just like you know tinges on these two records i think they kind of mess around with that a little bit more than on the previous ones
1: for sure um but yeah no we're we're huge fans if i mean if you want to go listen to that last episode if you weren't here last time um yeah we really we really gushed about sorrow and extinction and foundations of burden Um, Mm -hmm. those are two records that we quite enjoy um and those were pretty much our introductions to the band in the first place
0: yeah yeah two classics um Of the genre at this point and um, yeah it'll be interesting it was definitely interesting to kind of look at these two more recent efforts you know both following up like a perfect start with those first two albums I remember at the time they were a bit polarizing to Mm -hmm. some people for different reasons because both of these albums are quite a bit different and in a few ways which we'll get into but uh, right yeah um but But before yeah we get into that i just wanted to remind y'all um to give us a follow on instagram if you haven't yet at scouring pod it's where we uh let you know when new episodes drop and everything uh
1: yeah yeah we'll be there way to
0: keep up with whatever we're doing So, yeah. And best way to interact with us too. So, right. You
1: have anything that, you know, if you're listening to an episode or kind of like the theme that we're doing or even any suggestions for the show, um, we're up to hearing ideas and yeah, you know, we'd, we'd love to interact with you guys. Um, you know, even though this year we're definitely, you know, taking it more easy than Mm -hmm. we have in the past, um, just kind of just for schedule purposes and just to, you know, kind of cruise our way in our love of this, um, you know, to, to move on. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh not as frequent with uh, releasing new episodes, but we still want to, you know, we still enjoy doing the show and everything. And uh, this kind of different way of approaching it is I think for the best. Yeah. It's more of a balance yeah. thing for us, I think, because,
1: um at the end of the day, you know this is something we pour our our love and energy into and honestly we we really enjoy this and we're lucky to have you know people like you listening right now and and have so many bands um, like and repost things and mm-hmm. and uh it's 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 been a wild journey and uh you know we're still at the beginning yeah so
0: yeah so uh thank you all for listening of course um and uh yeah make sure to uh hit us up with whatever feedback you've got and uh tell a friend too while you're at it please yeah don't be heartless yeah <laughs> don't forget about us Ooh. um so do you want to go ahead and mention uh the fear and fury ep which yeah bridges the gap between foundations of burden and heartless
1: yeah, so I know last time we we talked about those first those first two records, and I feel like that's where Paul Bear really was trying to find their identity, and um, I think they really showcased their um, you know the influences that they had really really well, and then also at the same time created something really original and um, crafted it very well in a very heavy way too. Um, but I really do feel like that fear and fury EP that came out in 2016, you know, um, two years after foundations of burden was really kind of that start to the bridge of mm-hmm. to where modern Paul bearer kind of t- t- took shape. Yeah. Um, half of it, you know, there's three songs on this thing. Two of them are covers. Um, one of them is an original song, you know, the fear and fury is the original song. Um, and it's a great song. I really, I really like this track. Um, and, um, I, I honestly think this is a really great showcase, uh, of a record, but before I jump into the songs, I really want to talk about the cover art because mm-hmm. it's something I like to talk about a lot, but Paul Bearer in particular, I, I've always been very impressed by their album artwork. Yeah. Um, this one might take the cake for one of my favorite albums ever. I mean, I have this on vinyl and it's the picture disc of it. Um, kind of the, the, the cutout frame, uh, if you look up *Fear and Fury* EP, you'll see it's it's got this beautifully layered um, texture to it with um, an array of colors and um, there's ha- arms and hands and and faces and and flower floral designs all like kind of in this um, crazy cacophony of you know different um, woven things around the edges and borders, but. I don't know. There's something there that you can just keep looking at it and there's something to look at. Like yeah. Almost every single time you look at it, there's something new that pops up.
0: Yeah. And I actually just thought of this, just looking at it, but it also is a perfect link to the cover art for heartless because it features two, you know, two individuals in an embrace. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. I
1: didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah the, the crazy thing about this is i really enjoy like i like i said that fear and fury song um i think it's a really good showcase of kind of yeah that older paul bear maybe more from the album right previously but um would be a sure sign to maybe slow down the the time a little bit um and cut some of the you know the minutes off of some of their music is, mm-hmm. is kind of what we would see their you know them press on a little bit um but uh, I was going to say what's your first impressions of this record or this EP you know
0: yeah it's a good transition um with the two covers especially I'd say it definitely conveys a more of a desire to want to craft like catchier songs uh with you know hooks and choruses and melodies and stuff like that which is something that you know the band's previous records aren't as accustomed to and uh i would say it's a good kind of prelude to what heartless would bring because i think heartless definitely includes that sort of like return to tradition sound right um but yeah it's it's very good for serving that purpose and just for you know as an extension of what the band is able to do
1: yeah um, I don't think I mentioned this, but this this um, is 20 minutes long. Um, and the other two songs on here besides Fear and Fury, the original song, is a Black Sabbath cover, Over and Over, and a typo-negative cover, Love You to Death, which um, it's my personal favorite song on the whole EP. Um, I really love their typo-negative cover. I think it's a very original take on that song, um, where I love both versions. I'm actually not... As familiar with hypo negative as I probably should be, um, I haven't really delved too deep into their discography. We're Probably talking about them at some point, yeah, I imagine. Sure. But I like I I'm in love with this cover. Like this might be one of my favorite cover songs, like of all time. Like mm-hmm. I just anytime I
0: hear it, I usually get goosebumps. Yeah, when I play it, the original song is like a staple <clears throat> when it comes to like a play like playlist that i put to like kind of get me in that fall spirit. Yeah. I feel like it perfectly fits that mood. And this cover definitely does justice to that.
1: Yeah, and i I think what i like about this EP too is i think it really does showcase that um obvious nod to like Sabbath obviously. It's very you know from the <laughs> from the get go they've been very similar to Sabbath Ozzy Osbourne Um, at least in vocals and some of the 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 tonal qualities about it but at the same time having that that range with something like typo negative and and you know i don't know i i I think it's cool that they were able to cover a couple things and um kind of showcase it between albums yeah really Mm -hmm. yeah well do you have anything else you want to add before we kind of dive into uh, the next full length
0: think we're ready to to get into it yeah um yeah Yeah. heartless is uh at this point in 2017 late march um this was when i was already you know a fan of the band and i even pre-ordered this album same (laughs) yeah um which um yeah i remember waking up early that morning to go to class and uh, I saw that the first single which I believe was I Saw the End yeah, it had was. come out and pre-orders were live and I managed to snag one of the I don't recall if it was the rarest variant that was available but it was one of the original pressing colors nice yeah. Um, so yeah I was a big fan thought the song was awesome um, and uh, yeah, I was so excited for this route for this album to come out. I almost just said Ralbum. The <laughs> album. well, he you uh, can tell he's he's been
1: he's gonna watch Scooby Doo later. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also remember the um, I saw the end uh, this single come out and being being blown away because I, I, I much like yourself was a fan of them at this point and was excited to come see what the next thing was. Um, and they started off with an epic song. Like, this is probably... It's ironic, too. I mean, if you're looking at the track list right now, there's there's a lot of epic songs on it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's very few, I feel like, opening tracks that I've heard in albums that almost, like, go... Like, you know what? Let's just... Let's fuck it. Let's just go for the longest... One of the longest songs, and then also yeah. one of... almost the, It almost feels like it's very dire. Right. You know what I mean? So, it's very... Um, I'm trying to think of um, urgent is the right word that I'm thinking of. Um, And it just pulls you in.
0: Yeah, for sure. To the album. Yeah. Um, And it has that epic feel, but also feels compact in a way that I Mm -hmm. don't think we had heard them before up until this point. Um, Yeah. And it has that urgency, like you mentioned, like um, this album, I think in terms of like, you know, it's overall message. Um, You can kind of look at the cover art for it and sort of determine how that could be different from the first two albums where uh, sorrow and then foundations, I think both, you know, a lot having to do with loss and grief and everything. Uh, This one is definitely more about like, you know, loss. And yeah. And, It's called Heartless. So I feel like it's like about, you know, what keeps us going and like our just being human and relating to one another and like being there for each other and so on. Um, does have,
1: I I would argue, probably if I mean, even we haven't even talked about it, but probably has the most positive outlook of the albums they've done. The most
0: hopeful, I think. Hopeful. Yeah. Maybe that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but the last song on here is called "A Plea for Understanding," mm-hmm. and like you know, making a plea, it suggests that there's someone or something on the other side that's able to listen, and yeah, it's a uh, it's powerful. It's different, and uh, it shows a another step forward for them, I think, into some new territory. Yeah uh sonically i think is really interesting too because i know you had
1: mentioned um kind of compacting the 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 length Mm -hmm. but i also really enjoy i feel like you know you know i I know we mentioned um you know the previous album i feel like might have been their heaviest in terms of you know like they just tuned it up a little bit more
0: Um, yeah and the production is it kind of enhances those moments in ways where like the debut is just like so raw all Mm -hmm. the time like the heaviness is just like it just kind of envelops you and then on the second album like the heavy moments hit harder because they right come out of nowhere you know
1: whereas this third one i feel like you you take all that and then you have that breathability Mm -hmm. more so i feel like it's more concise there are those really heavy moments in fact yeah. this is probably one of the heaviest records of theirs i would argue it's probably the second and third record yeah. i would argue is their heaviest stuff
0: yeah it's got like <clears throat> it's got some stuff there's some moments that are like downright violent <laughs> yeah
1: like you uh make that face when you're like ooh yeah like, like uh, a nasty snarl face
0: yeah like the the opening riff on thorns <laughs> which <laughs> is the second track and uh, dancing in madness towards the end, the like chug chugging stuff. Oh, oh yeah! Towards the end of that, it was like I remember hearing that for the first time and being like surprised because I was not expecting that kind of just blunt heaviness yeah heaviness. One from of those this band. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Moments. Ooh,
1: yeah. I, I know everyone can see the the face that Joseph just made. You could probably understand exactly that that kind of like ooh that's nasty. Kind of, but like in a good way. Just makes you kind go, of. ooh, ooh, yeah. Um, things that don't make me go ooh, but um, make me realize how like sorrowful <laughs> this whole thing is. Is "Cruel Road." Cruel holy road moly, might be my favorite song on there. Yeah, this that 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 is a hard hitting song. Mm-hmm. Like holy moly, I, I sound like a Ned Flanders talking right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> neighborino that sure is a that, that sure is a barn burner right there mo- molly whopper
1: <laughs> molly whopper what does that mean
0: <laughs> uh i don't know Just seems like something he'd say he would say that yeah Wilkers. i don't think we um
1: mentioned the the personnel but i don't really feel like anything changed between this time period
0: if i remember yeah, correctly because the band's think... lineup is still the same. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I believe the production is also pretty similar to might be the same producer.
1: Dave Dave Collins mastered it. Um with some engineers, Zach Reeves and um Jason Weinheimer. Um
0: sorry. <laughs> sorry. You wanna pause it? <laughs>
1: And um, Michael Leary Learly on artwork is kind of the personnel that uh, rounds that up. It's
0: this. also the drummer.
1: Er, hold on, he's the percussion. He is the he, uh, oh, that's <laughs> Mark. Is that his brother? I think we cracked it. I yep. think I think I think it might be someone in the family. Yeah, that's uh it's a weird last name, so I,
0: I have I, a feeling. Yeah, me too. So it's funny we. Both kind of put that together at the same time. Yep. But anyway, Heartless.
1: You have any other kind of thoughts you want to bring up with this one? Um,
0: I think this album might. Would you say it's probably their most accessible album that they've made? Um. Yeah,
1: I I would say it's probably the most accessible. I feel like it's. The best of both worlds of what you would see, what we're gonna get to next, and then yeah. what was in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and oddly enough, this is one that I—I I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it like this, but you know, this album and the one before it, Foundations Burden, are probably the ones I revisit the most. Yeah, um, most likely, I, I would say, and I, I really. Yeah, I mean this this album. I mean, I like I said, going with "I Saw the End." That's that. I think that is a great song that would, going back to what you said, introduce somebody to this band.
0: Yeah, like it's the first at, up until this point. It's like the first song that they've done where it's like I could see this playing on a radio station, you know. Mm-hmm. Which you which know, a lot of air time they'd have to cut, but
1: <laughs> probably I'd be accept. I'd accept it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know maybe like on a serious xm station right, right? <laughs> where you can actually do that. <clears throat> right um but yeah like i i feel like i definitely agree with you there um it's feels like it's the most structured in a way like mm-hmm. it's uh if you show someone a song they're not gonna be like oh man you're gonna make me listen to like a 12 minute long song right <laughs> I know. feel like yeah, you could show them, you know, I saw the end or thorns or cruel road and like they'd get the gist of what this band is about. Right. And um have it be kind of presented in a more like tangible way. Yeah. Yeah. Or accessible. Right. Although of course you got like, you know, life survival, dancing in madness, heartless, the title track, which is yeah
1: that is i'm a i mean i with probably with a lot of bands i can't speak on this but obviously um, usually with title tracks it's usually the first thing that people you know bands create as an idea and a concept but mm-hmm. um i kind of wonder about the story on that one a little yeah. bit but um yeah it's it's a great track
0: yeah i love uh towards the end of it the kind of the vocal harmonies mm-hmm. i don't know if you call it a bridge or uh yeah, I would call it a bridge. Yeah, the like the big like vocal harmonies that come in at the end—they're like really powerful. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like that leads like into the the final song on the album, "A Plea for Understanding." Mm-hmm. I think this is like the first true ballad <laughs> that yeah, they've yeah. ever made. Yeah, <laughs> it's the an epic ballad. Um, I've don't quote me on this but i feel like i've seen i don't know if it was like the record label when this album was coming out uh kind of writing up about it in advance of its release or the band themselves but i remember seeing somewhere that the song was basically described as being paul Bear's stairway to heaven
1: <laughs> yeah i i actually remember that too actually
0: yes yeah. and it i think going back to it now i think that still like holds true and like Makes a lot of sense.
1: I mean, it is that it is one of the it is the longest song on the record. Yeah, um, not uh, not by much because "Dancing in Madness" is right there too. But I wonder if it's the longest <clears throat> song they've ever made. It might be um, twelve forty. But then again, I, I could see something from previous records being a little bit around that time too.
0: It's longer than anything on Foundations.
1: But what about sorrow and extinction?
0: Yes. It's the longest song. It's longer than foreigner by 19 seconds. So it's the go. longest song. 19 seconds. It's all it took. Yeah.
1: Um, One. yeah, this, this album is incredible. Um, and I think it's, you know, going back to that EP, fear and fear of fear and, uh, talking about this, um, fear and fury, my bad. Um, I think this was a good signal of kind of the Paul Bearer to come. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I I really like this, this iteration of Paul Bearer during this time period. And I I mean, this is probably the height of my, like I'm, I'm a huge Paul Bearer fan. Like this is the, this was the time when I was like, yeah, this is the band I want to listen to all the time.
0: Yeah. This album feels like an opus, you know, like it feels like a, a culmination of everything that they had done before and also like what they want to do like in that present time and what they want to be remembered for. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's like, yeah, just this big sprawling epic, I guess you can say. Um, And uh, yeah, it's an album that like, I listened to it constantly when it came out. Mm hmm. And I still go back to songs from it all the time, but just like going back and listening to it again from front to back, it was just like you know, it's like talking to a friend I hadn't talked to in a long time. Yeah, it's a and, special uh, treat. Yeah, for sure, it's a it's a nice experience to 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 give yourself every once in a while, and uh, yeah, yeah, great album,
1: and mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it. What are you doing? What are you doing? To Listening to this?
0: Well, you got to start from the first one, and then yeah, you
1: got to get the way through. Can't skip around. Yeah. So, uh, well, you can listen to "I Saw the End." We we did mention that. You can listen to that one song as an introduction. Yeah, and then you, you got to go all the way back to the back.
0: Then you
1: go all the way to the back. Mm-hmm. Then... Well, I know you have um, something that happened in between this one, yeah. and twenty twenty.
0: So. Um... In the meantime, between the release of Heartless and then their next album, Forgotten Days, uh, Paul Barra released another song called Dropout, which um, was a, released as just kind of a one-off single. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a B-side from Heartless or if it was just an experiment. It seemed like a fun song for them to do. Fun is... it's. Probably the most fun song that they've done up till this yeah, point. I, uh, I feel like they just put this together because they were jamming. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like uh the first like you know I'm gonna use a word that <laughs> is kind of a ridiculous thing, but like this song is just like a shit kicker. You know, <laughs> you, it's, you, you just uh, you can imagine it playing at like a dive bar and. Uh, <laughs> their other stuff doesn't really feel that way. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, you hit play on this song and all of a sudden you're hit with just these like wailing guitars. And it's
1: just like... <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> And it's like, all right. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's their garage rock song. Yeah. I feel like they're just having a good time and um then again we could be completely off, but this is the vibe that we're getting. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a good it's a good vibe. It's also great artwork too. Um mm-hmm. kind of continuation of um you know fear you're and fury type mm-hmm. of art. Um um so it's and we'll see that type of art come up in this next album too. Yeah. Um quite a bit. But it's a fun song.
0: It is. It's a good time. I had to make sure I mentioned it yeah. despite it just being like a one-off thing. But now we're to the best year of our lives so far 2020 oh that was <laughs> the year that i thrived <laughs> honestly we 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 did all right you and i we i think mean, we did at the beginning
1: we we, we did what we, <laughs> we could made the most of it we had we had some fun we had some fun memories of us trying to survive
0: yeah we uh during the early months of the pandemic we uh were housemates yeah and we had um
1: Good movie marathons, some good listens um, to things, watched
0: some shows, listened to some music. We were mad chilling. Yeah, honestly. But then, uh, yeah. And it just, you know. <laughs> it just kind of fizzled
1: yeah. out. But not, not in a bad way with, with us, obviously. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, 2020, Forgotten Days came out.
0: Forgotten Days came out in October of 2020. Right before election day. Hell yeah. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Who remembers election day 2020? Um, I know. I do.
1: (laughs) I did not forget that day. (laughs) I had to say it.
0: (laughs) That was the anthem. It was. I mean, that single came out like in the summer. Like... Obviously, a few years or not years. God damn it, a few months before the album, right? But uh, killer ever, single too. Yeah, ever since the single came out, I was listening to that shit all the time. Yeah, that's like, that's
1: that is a. It, if you, I mean, we just did it, but like you'll get that riff in your head and it'll stay. It'll stay there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but this album is fascinating to me because I feel <laughs> like on Heartless they did their big like accessible kind of you know that album and then Mm -hmm. on this one they went and kind of held on to a lot of elements from that Mm -hmm. while also going back to what they were doing in the very beginning with like sort of the rawness yeah the really really like brutally sad material that's going on
1: right you know it's interesting because there's the like the the length is kind of similar to Heartless in terms of the types of like longs like there's only like a few songs that are like around four minutes something
0: right yeah there's some of their shortest songs that they've ever made um and then like right in the middle
1: there's one of their longest ones right but like it's it's super concise but like you said it's it's like a you know it's that modern stuff that they've been doing and then hey let's get really heavy again yeah and. Throw in that, and also the
0: production seems more raw. Yes, yeah. you know, I want to say on here they teamed up with a new producer. We're, we're checked in, but um, yeah, no. they uh, this album was produced by Randall Dunn, who had worked previously with. I'm lost in the He's lost in the sauce. Yeah. Shit. But
1: um different producer. Yeah. So um I mean you can definitely tell um that I feel like it's interesting, I know we had kind of covered the time period around this time. Obviously I'm sure they had created a lot of these songs in twenty nineteen and kind of finished them up in twenty twenty. But There is an over there is like a underlying thing going on in here because of the time that it came out. Mm -hmm. I feel like. And also I, I do sense it's interesting because for me it's ironic because the name of the band, like the album, Forgotten Days, this is like the album that I kind of like glossed over and like kind of forgot about when I listened to Paul Bearer. Not yeah. that, not that song, because I hear it a lot, right? Um, but it's really fascinating to think about it going back to that time period. I really wasn't listening to this; it was interesting, yeah, to think about.
0: That I mean, way. yeah, for me, like, I pre-ordered this album also, mm-hmm. um, but I think I also didn't really listen to it a whole lot at that time, just because I think to what you're saying about it being very resonant to when it came out, I feel like it just bumped me out too much. Like it was almost too much for me to listen to.
1: Yeah. We were all in different headspaces because of what was going on in the world. Yeah. And I think our, you know, our routine and our schedule, you know, it changed the way we did things. Like I, I know I've mentioned this many times to you in private, but it's something I can say. On here, it's, uh, I, I, I used to go to the movies like every week, like mm-hmm. two, three times a week. Yeah, me um, too. And during this time, obviously, you couldn't go to the movie theater. So, you know, now, from now, I, I have that residual effect where, you know, I go to the movies every once in a while now. Um, I did have a good little stint for a bit, but for the most part, like, I mean, there's so many, I mean, that's just one example of so many, uh, one, you know, routine that I had done previously mm-hmm. that I hadn't done and listening to music like this was another routine of mine. Yeah. Um that had changed during this time.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um Yeah, I think that kind of disruption of things can really just throw you off of things that were even like constants in your life. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, that's interesting for sure. Yeah, not to knock this at all because I just I just thought
1: it's it's fascinating to think about that like just during this time period when this came out. Yeah, Um, and now going back to it, obviously all these years later, and having had the time and space to listen to this more, like I've gone grown to appreciate it more.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, Like I said, like at the time, I think a lot of it was just like too like this kind of music definitely just like listening to it within like the way that my life was kind of at the time was just kind of not the sort of thing that I would want to listen to a lot. That's fair. Um, But yeah, going back to it now, I also appreciate it a lot more. And while I do understand why, why it was kind of jarring for, you know, the, I guess the, the rest of like the music press and everything. Um, I think this album definitely deserves to be kind of looked at again uh, by those that may have dismissed it at the time. Um, Because if, you know, removed from that kind of time where it may have seemed a bit jarring now, going back to it, especially after listening to their previous stuff again, you can definitely see the vision behind it sort Mm -hmm. of what kind of went into it, what from their past and what from uh, the same, like the stuff from heartless that they're bringing in the stuff from sorrow and extinction that they're bringing in this new kind of vision of like making their sound more unique, more like almost like, true to themselves maybe their own sound yeah and more like in that traditional songwriting style Mm -hmm. you know like stasis for instance that's one of my favorite songs on here and it's like it's like less than four minutes which is unprecedented for
1: them oh that that song could be on the radio (laughs) exactly um there's some a lot there's a lot of psychedelic stuff added to this this uh, record too. And um, those influences that we had mentioned earlier where, you know, we were talking about Sabbath and typo negative. I feel like, you know, they're experimenting more on this record mm-hmm. more than ever. I think this is probably the most experimental record. It's interesting. It's, it's like, it's the safest in terms of like length. Yeah. And also almost rawest besides the debut. Mm-hmm and also the more exper- most experimental so it's like a weird mishmash of all of those things right um to make such a unique record
0: yeah and another added layer to that going mm-hmm. back to the producer um this guy is someone who's worked with 10 tricks point never bjork zola jesus wow sun Anna Von Hauswolf, Marissa Nadler, Boris, like... Those are great, great artists. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, like, it's definitely a risk, I would say. Yeah. Working with someone like that and kind of collaborating, coming from, you know somewhere that is a little bit a little bit further outside of that more avant-garde yeah
1: type artists yeah that you had mentioned and or indie rock artists um Mm -hmm. kind of in that
0: realm yeah and i think that's really interesting and i think that's a bold move to kind of want to create something like this with a producer that works in that space yeah and uh Yeah, I think that makes for a really interesting, interesting added layer to this album when you know that. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the first time I I I knew about that, so I'm I'm gonna
1: be curious to to dive into it again with that knowledge now um, to kind of hear, you know, some of those traits come in Mm -hmm. from just the
0: production side, right?
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah other songs on here that really stood out um i love riverbed which is the second song on here i think that's another really great example of them kind of moving into a more like you know verse chorus structured song but they still kind of maintain that heaviness um stasis which i mentioned already the yeah one of the best songs on the record yeah so smooth good good shit silver wings right in the middle is the the big epic song on the record um it's all that that song goes
1: all over the place i feel like this is definitely the one where they're trying a lot of things
0: yeah yeah it's it's great um very very like heart-wrenching um especially when you take into account like sort of the the album's message about like time passing and the deterioration that comes with it um quicksand of existing is great that one is very catchy mm-hmm. uh, rite of passage is another one that's very catchy they managed to make like such a bleak record that still has like those really <laughs> memorable choruses and everything right yeah it, i mean that's the maybe that's the
1: the overall message of of this band in general is um bleak but catchy right and that's uh i don't want to like jump to that end but i mean that's them to a t and i love it yeah
0: yeah definitely um yeah was there anything else that you had to to offer for this one um it's just one that i i
1: think i need to revisit more and more um you know before listening um you know recording this i i listened to it probably three or four times um and you know Picked up things I hadn't heard previously, and I quite enjoyed it. But, um, you know, bringing up that production side, I think is going to be an interesting dive back into it. Mm -hmm. And also just looking back at this holistically and kind of seeing what they do next is going to be really... uh, I'm going to be really curious because, I I mean, I'm sure they're going to be doing something either this year or next.
0: um, Just based on the
1: timeline, I would assume.
0: Yeah, I would definitely... Lean more towards this year because uh, just a, a day ago they posted a teaser image of uh, their gear set up. Well, in what a do you know? Or a chapel looking place. Okay. With a zipped mouth emoji. So it might look like they're filming a music video or something. Yeah. So we might get our first single soon.
1: Yeah. And if, if we've seen the singles, which we've only seen a couple from them, because mm-hmm. they they're not a band that you know they're they're an album band, um, yeah. But you know the singles that we've heard have all been absolutely killer. That's like, true. Like <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a band where they released like like the singles perfectly like that. Yeah, where it's like it's almost one of the it's it, one of if not the best songs on the album, depending true. on. Well you're in you know your mood, I suppose, yeah, or preference, so
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good, good point, yeah, so I'm sure whenever they do release news of that album or whenever it finally drops, um we'll definitely have some words to to say about it, absolutely, um, but before that, got some news for you, well, I was gonna say, do we wanna? give our rankings for all four of these some news for you in a bit
1: in about first rankings hold your horses all right we want to go number do you want to do back and forth four through one okay okay all right my number four choice and we're cutting out the eps and the the single yeah it makes sense um of, this makes sense just based on my recent comments, but I, I would probably put number four as Forgotten Days. Mm-hmm. It's just the one that um, I haven't spent enough time with. Um, I still have some jarring memories, as I had mentioned, attached to it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to give it some room to breathe.
0: Yeah, I also have it at number four, um, though it definitely gave me a similar experience to what I had with uh, Baroness Golden Gray going back to it like um when i went back to to revisit it for the podcast it definitely gave me a new appreciation for it um so yeah i think this album just like that one is is great in its own right um but definitely more it's it's definitely that an album of theirs that demands the most patience i think
1: yeah yeah
0: and time will tell on this one that's true
1: um, number three is one well, that'll surprise you probably. It's Sorrow and Extinction. It's their debut record. Same. Damn. Yeah. Um I, I it's mean. I think it's it's definitely the most raw. Um but it's also like, you know, like that beginnings, like they're they're just they're starting off and they started off incredibly well. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I love this record to death and I mean I listen to it a lot. But, you know, there's a couple ahead of it that might be there.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's just a matter of a great record that managed to be surpassed by two other great records, you know? Mm. Like, it's not like there's a significant drop-off at all, but it just comes down to what what songs and what albums come to mind when I think about this band the most.
1: You know? Right, I'm wondering, now I'm kind of curious since both of our four and three were the same, if our number two and one will be the same. I'm starting to feel like might we, might, we might have a mirror. Is number two heartless? Yep. And number one is foundations, foundations. of burden. Yep. Hell yeah. It's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> this Yeah, this is the first. Same list. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> we have similar thoughts. Um, I mean, I'll just say on 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 both those records um I, I know i had mentioned earlier that's those are the records i go back to the most um you know heartless is the one that's got the catchiness to me mm-hmm. it's the one that's the most infectious for me Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh and yeah and foundations is just that album that like made me fall in love with Paul bearer yeah like, this is the album that i listen
0: to the most it's perfect yeah um y- your thoughts <laughs> yeah that's all you can really say It's just like this band like what their strengths are i think they shine the most on foundations um despite the fact that i also love like the different things that they did on heartless as well um but yeah i feel like just foundations is just like the perfect amalgamation of everything that this band does well. Um it's a great bridge between the raw, like heaviness of Sorrow and Extinction with the uh the catchiness of Heartless. I think that middle space is just like what I want the most from Doom. Yeah. And I think that's why this is one of my favorite Doom albums.
1: Same. So that's crazy that we have the same.
0: i mean it's only four it's only four. it's only
1: four and i mean i feel like the only obvious one was four for both of us maybe um and no knock on that album at all it's just there's just three really incredible records right above it so um which is forgotten days is also incredible so
0: true so there you have it uh foundations of burden hall of famer most prestigious least. honor to to give any piece of art. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta we gotta do an episode
1: sometime where we recap the Hall of Fame. We should. Yeah, that's that'd a be, good idea. That'd be fun. Maybe maybe in May or um, June. Yeah, halfway point of the year would be cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Bookmarked. Yeah. Well, I think the news that I had mentioned earlier is coming up. Oh boy, here we go. You know what next month is, Joseph? March. Uh, Madness. March Madness. Well, last year we did something cool. It was pretty mad. It was really mad. We we did a death metal like almost like elimination chamber match. <laughs> 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 Fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah, there was there was thirty bands. They all whoever got thrown off the top rope and yeah
0: it was it was insane you had to be there yeah.
1: Like, yeah um go check it out if you if you want to if you're curious about that but um yeah. it was a fun time it was a lot of fun yeah um as you as you are, are aware um we've been doing this kind of more biweekly mm-hmm. um so i think we've decided to do um a similar
0: concept but in a different way yeah we're still going to have a ton of albums where there will only be like one Victor. Basically. one Yeah. That's the concept where we're still working with. Yeah. But
1: we're going to start with a sweet 16 of sorts mm-hmm. where we're going to kind of divide it into two um, halves. We're going to, I think, we're going to try to do, you know, talk about eight albums yeah. first and then eight albums again. And then in that the last episode, we're also going to break it down to kind of our, our
0: final thoughts. Yeah. Our final thoughts and the faves. Yeah between us and see which ones we we share but what's the theme we're going back further than we have before this is the furthest we'll
1: probably go we might do some proto thing but who knows who
0: knows we're going to the 80s we're talking about good old-fashioned heavy metal
1: yeah baby um roots
0: yeah uh something that has become very very near and dear to me over the years that I've appreciated more and more and uh yeah I'm excited to to listen to all of these again and just have the the best time and a lot of these are um I, I may have heard a single or two from this cuz I
1: know all these are artists but yeah. um but I I mean I only know like maybe 9 or 10 of these records that I've heard all the way through yeah um but I I'm excited so We're going to be covering some uh, heavy metal classics. We're going to try to avoid thrash metal. We're going Mm -hmm. to try to avoid the Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax of sorts. That's a that's another that's a whole other ball game. We did dive into some. There's some iffy ones on here, but I feel like the list we you know cumulatively put together Mm -hmm. um,
0: fits for this. Yeah. Should I list off what 16 we have?
1: Um, if you want. Okay.
0: So, we have not figured out which, how we're going to divide this on which episode yet, but this is what will be coming in March. First, we have Dio, Holy Diver, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance, Accept, Balls to the Wall. Merciful Fate, Melissa, Manowar, Kings of Metal, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman, Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry, Scorpions, Blackout, Black Sabbath, Mob Rules, Wasp, Self-Titled, Motorhead, Ace of Spades, Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime, Sabotage, Hall of the Mountain King, King Diamond, Abigail, and Saxon. Strong arm of the law. Hmm. So that's a lot of listening. Yeah. We got our work cut out for us, but it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fun um just discovering a lot of rediscovering mostly <laughs> a lot of this. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, just kind of diving into the roots of what makes this, you know, whole genre as a whole so damn fun
0: and special. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll have the first half of those in a couple weeks. And then towards the end of the month, we'll have the other half, and we'll determine our favorites of the bunch. We'll have a battle. Right.
1: <clears throat> well, I, we appreciate you stopping by, and hopefully um, you enjoyed our, our, you know, kind of end to pallbearer Bearer and uh, their you know discography as of now yeah Uh, a little showcase for them and we're excited to see you next time
0: yeah thank you all for listening so much um we'll be back with some wow good see you later